My scripture reading this morning is going to come from the book of Mark, chapter 10. If you want to turn over to Mark, chapter 10, we're going to read there uh, in just a moment, if you want to turn there. And as you're turning over to Mark, chapter 10, I want to remind you that throughout the scriptures, God, and even Christ himself, when he roamed this earth, had a great desire for relationship. Not just any relationship, but I'll go as far as to say a strong relationship. A relationship where we cannot be divided. And that's what happens when we get saved. We establish a relationship with Christ that cannot be divided. For the Bible tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can. But here I want to read to you, if I may, of Mark chapter 10. Skip down to the 14th verse. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said to them, Suffer their little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. This morning, I want you to think about becoming little children. When I say that we talk about relationships, in order to have a proper relationship with Christ, we have to become as little children. If you want to go back and read the first few verses that begin this chapter... The very first thing they start talking about is, where does Jesus stand on divorce? Now that's a relationship. And of course we talk about in a, in a divorce how it's a relationship that didn't end the way that God intended for it. Do you think that there is such thing as a relationship that God intends, but do you believe that things do not happen the way that God intended for them? Absolutely. And let me ask you this. How long has it been going on that human beings have a relationship with God, but that relationship does not always happen the way they want? For example, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They were in the Garden of Eden. They were enjoying paradise. But the problem that happened was sin entered in. A relationship between God and man got interrupted by sin. So here in Mark chapter 10, Jesus talks about divorce. He talks about a relationship. He talks about how that, that we have to realize is that if we want to have a relationship with Christ, there's certain things that we must do. And that's why I've already read to you that 14th verse where it says that we are to become as little children. Let's go back and read if we can. I want to go back to the 6th verse. It says, But from the beginning of creation, God made them man and female, male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. You can see the pattern of relationships. This morning when I talk about becoming as a little child, I pray that we would always see that if we want to have that relationship with Jesus, we must come in that manner. He said, you're supposed to leave and to cleave. You know what cleave means, don't you? We would use that word cleave like we would like a glue of a binding of a book somehow. That it's, that it's put in place and it's meant to pull things together, not to tear apart. I believe the Holy Spirit of God is intended to draw us closer to Him and into a proper relationship with Him, not to push us away. And that's what he's talking about even in a marriage here. He said, you know what? He says, should a, uh, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And they twain... Shall be one. In other words, it's talking about a joining together. Preacher, we hear this all the time at weddings, but may we understand the true scriptural meaning 
behind these relationships is that, uh, that, that it talks about how that the, the three cords, if they're twined together, if you have a, a man and a woman and the Holy Spirit of God, that, that, that they, they're not going to be easily broken. And, and again, the whole idea this morning is talking about is that God desires relationships. And I'm going to say a strong, healthy relationship. Let's go ahead and say this morning, do you believe that some relationships are healthy and some are not healthy? Absolutely. In other words, there's some things in life that are good for us and some things that are life that are not good for us. Now, let's go ahead and let's read what he said here. He says, What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. In other words, God can't separate these things. Nobody can separate the work that God's done. And that, thankfully, that's what happens when we get saved. But what about how do we get to that point? How do we derive at that point? So let's skip on down to the 13th verse. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. I hope you all will agree with me this morning that it's important for children to be in the presence of Christ. It's important. You know, I've, I've said this and I'll say it again. Children crying in church never has bothered me. And the children being able to move about in church never has bothered me because... Even children were brought to Christ. Notice what it's here said here. It says, and they brought young children to him. Now you have to understand is that one, there was an opportunity here. Had Christ not been there, then there would not be an opportunity for them to bring Jesus. You know what I love? Is that people need to understand is that, that, that when the doors are open and we meet together here, that's an opportunity for these children to come and to hear the gospel. You think these children aren't listening, but they do. These children are hearing these things that are going on and we're going to talk about what they're seeing. But they're hearing all these things. And then what you notice when he said there was an opportunity there for he said, and they brought young children to him. Isaiah, I believe it is, it tells us in the 55th chapter, it says we must call upon him while he is near. Do you believe that there's times of opportunities in our life? There are opportunities. In other words, you've been given that chance that you can bring your children to Jesus and then it's going to talk about how that we have to become His children. And that's what I want to get to here in just a minute. But notice what he said. But he says, and they brought young children to Him. I want to ask you a personal question. How much do you think is developed in a child from the time they're pre-born? I'm going to say that carefully. Till the time that they're 8 or 10 years old. You know, we think that that's when they begin learning is when they're about 8 or 10. But you know what? We actually find out that before a child is ever born that they are listening and they are learning. In the womb, a child is learning. We feel like that we've got to, and, and I'm going to say this carefully because seemingly we want to, children to, we want to let them be children. But you know what? We also need to understand is that they are at a time in their life when they need to be taught about Jesus. And children, we're going to talk about this in a minute in the 14th verse. When we become as children, is that when children believe in something, they are 100% committed and believe in that something. And that's why he says, if you want that proper relationship with Jesus, you've got to be all in. You've got to give him everything you've got. For it says that they brought unto him young children. You know what? Sometimes that clay has to be molded while it's soft, not after it's gotten hard. 
We want to wonder what's happened to a generation when they've gotten older. But you see, there's a time in their life when they can be molded. And I'll tell you this, there's nothing that can mold an individual any better than the presence of God in their life. And when children are taught about that, and they're molded around that, and, and they're taught these things, these things come to happen for he says. And they, and they brought young children to him. But notice what he says, that he should touch them. I wonder how many people in this world today want their children to come in contact with Jesus. I want to say that again. How many people want their children to come in contact with Jesus? There's a lot of times in our life we tell our children, you don't need to be around that or we're afraid of this or we want to kind of keep them away from trouble and trials and problems. But you know what? Sometimes we're keeping them away from church. You know what, people, I pray that they would see that the one place that they don't need to stay away from is Christ. The one person that they need is what he says here, that he should touch them. I see people go through the great extremes for their children to experience something. But you know, one of the greatest things they could ever experience is Christ in their life. May we begin to mold and teach these things and, and, and to try to give them the guidance that they need in their life because I believe that God expects us or desires for us to have that proper relationship with Him. And that is that we might come as little children. And that's what the 14th verse said. But notice what happens here. You've got people that are going to bring children to Christ and He's going to touch them. But then there are those, He said there, His disciples rebuked those that brought them. I can tell you this. We want to live, I don't say we want, it's tempting to live a life where there is no opposition to what you do. But I can tell you this, every time you try to do what's right, you will fight against Satan. There's evil that's out there. When you try to do what's right, when we as adults try to come to him as a little child, when children are being brought to Christ, there, there's opposition for he says, his disciples rebuke those that brought them. But here in this 14th verse, I want to read to you again. It says, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. If you'll ever notice that there are certain traits and characteristics about children that I absolutely find amazing. If you'll ever notice children from the... Let me pause this next thought. If there's anything that tugs at my heart, it is an innocent child. You can go to a hospital, you can go to a, a newborn child, and that child does not even have the strength to feed itself. If there's something that irritates us, it's somebody that mistreats an innocent infant child. Why? Because that little innocent infant child cannot take care of itself. It has need, he or she has needs of somebody feeding and nourishing and taking care of that. And you know what? As children in our life, we have to realize is that we need to be dependent upon somebody, not a person, dependent upon God, that God can supply what we stand in need of. Notice what he said here. He says that they might come as little children. Children sometimes are very dependent upon others in their life. Book of Hebrews, let me turn over and read for just a minute. Hebrews chapter 4. Let me read to you the 16th verse. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you have needs in your life this morning? When Jesus teaches us here in Mark, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 10 and in verse 14 that we are to come 
uh, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. When Jesus tells us that, and we see here that we read to you in Hebrews chapter 4, it says that we become bold into the throne of grace. Do we have a dependency in our life? Or are you that person that says, I don't need any help? Folks, children need help. They'll go to their parents. You know what I've even learned about children? They're old enough to walk. If you know they're able to walk, they'll walk. They correspond with their parents sometimes with, with sounds, not words, because they are communicating to people that can help them. Folks, children become dependent upon adults. That's why one of the things that tugs at me is, is that when an adult will not help a child out, when the child cannot help themselves, they need help. So I ask you this morning, can we relate to what we read there in the book of Hebrews that let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. Do we, do we need to depend upon God in our life? Children have a need for adults in their life. Do you have a need for God in your life? I'm going to ask that to you again. Do you have a need for God in your life? Well, preacher, everything's going good. I don't need God. Folks, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. No matter how good or how bad things are, we all need God. But it seems like, God, I don't need you. It's almost like we're out of that childhood mentality. You know what we'll even say sometimes? I'm old enough. I can take care of this myself. Folks, we are never too old to need God's help. And that's why he tells them that if we're going to come and have that proper relationship, you need to come as a little child. You can live to be 969 years old like Methuselah. You're still going to need God. No matter how young or how old you may be, in all phases of our life, we will need God. So we see here today that he tells us that we should come boldly in the throne of grace, that we might find the help that we need. But do you need God in your life? And I, and I say that praying that you don't say, no, I don't, that I'm good right now, but I'll find you when I do, folks. May we always see there's a need for him. That we might say suffer, which doesn't mean suffer like we think as far as hurting. It means allow the little children. But you know what? When these children, I've learned one other thing about them. They are very, very inquisitive. One of the most, I don't know what word I want to use. I don't want to say annoying. But probably one of the most repetitious things is when the children learn that three-letter word. Why? You ever got around a child when they learn why? You'll give them something. Why? Because this, because this right here. Why? Because of this right here. Why? And if that question just keeps going over and over and over and over again. To have a proper relationship with him, do you have a desire to learn more about God? You know what I've learned is that if you ever come across something you enjoy, you want to know more about it. Sometimes we treat God like, well, you know what, God, I got saved. That's enough. I don't need any more, folks. I pray that we got just a taste of God and we want more and more and more and more. But we want that relationship not to get weaker, but to get stronger, that we bind together with Him. And sometimes that means we have to ask ourselves, Lord, what is it that we stand in need of uh, that, that we might learn more about You? Matthew, I believe it is, in chapter 7. In verse 7 it says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Do you want to know anything about the Lord? 
You know, are we content with things in our life being the way that they are? Or as a child would with, a, uh, with, a, with, a, with an adult, sometimes they'll say, why? They want to know more. They want to learn more. They want to experience more. I want to know more about my Lord. Do you? Do you want to know more about Him? Are you content with where you're at? You know, children today, they are very hungry for knowledge and wisdom. They want to know more. They want to not just understand the answer. They want to understand the process behind things. They want to derive at the answer themselves. And you know what today, folks? It, it, it is an amazing thing to get to experience God. It is amazing for us to get to experience His power and the manifestation of His power in our life. But may we teach another generation that's coming on saying you need to know for yourself what God can do in your life and how that you can experience God. And when they ask why, they can ask God. And you know what? God's Spirit is always willing to give an answer. Are you hungry this morning? Do you really feel like that there's more that you want to know? Or, you, or, or are, we, are we easily those people that as long as we go to church for an hour or two on Sunday morning, that's all the religion we need, folks? A relationship does not happen an hour or two a week. A relationship is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every single day of the year, our relationship exists. Sometimes we think God is like a store that has hours. Folks, our relationship with God is always happening. In children, that's why he says that we should come as children, that we might be able to realize is that we need to seek and we, that God will give us the answer we need. Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24, notice what he says in verse 5. A wise man a strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. When's the last time you asked the Lord to make you stronger? When's the last time you asked the Lord to make you wiser? When Solomon could be given anything he wanted, the one thing he wanted was wisdom. How many of us would, I don't want to say burn our wish, but utilize our wish or request of God and say, Lord, give me wisdom. Proverbs 24 and 5 says, A wise man is strong. How do you get wisdom? You ask. Who do you ask? Ask of God. And God giveth a man liberally. God will give you what you ask. And that's what we read to you there in Matthew 7. I believe it was in verse 7 where it said, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. I want you to know something today that when he tells us to come as little children, he is telling us that we are to seek after him and all that we can learn about him. But not only should we seek after that wisdom, but you know what else I find interesting about children? They'll almost believe, pretty much, they'll believe anything an adult will tell them. Just, they will do that. If you tell them, and, and, and sometimes we call it kind of kidding with them a lot, and we'll just say, well, the, the moon's falling, and they'll go tell their friend, well, the moon's falling. Why? Because my daddy said it. My mama said the moon's falling. My next door neighbor, my Sunday school teacher, or maybe my, uh, my aunt or my uncle, if somebody says the moon is falling, then all of a sudden a child will believe that. You know what, today I pray that we would come to God as humble as a little child saying, you know what, if God said it, then that's just all I need to know. You know what, now we want to say, well, well, how can that be true? It can't be true because of this or because of that. Folks, if God's Word says it, how often or how easy is it for us to question God saying, that cannot be true? Children are so much believing all of these things and that they, 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 they can understand what God has for them. God is not going to be misquoted. God's not going to be misunderstood. 
God's going to be true. And everybody else is going to be a liar. God is going to be found to be true. And you see what today, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I heard that quote one time, and you know what? That pretty much says it for me. If God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Children will believe that. And I sometimes I love to get the little children, and I'll tell them that, hey, there's a school bus, and it's in the top of a tree. And they'll say, well, there's a tree up in the bus. They just believe things. And you know what? Today I pray that we would see the things that God has given us. That may we believe in God and what God is saying for us. That, that God, I believe in you. I trust in you. I know these things. And you see, we, we, that God is promising us these things that if we would just believe Him. But you know what? I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with that belief with God. Sometimes I want to say, God, if you're saying this... That, that doesn't add up. That doesn't make sense. I can't make heads or tails out of that. But that's why he said, suffer them that they may come as little children. Because he said, they just believe and they trust and they'll take anything you say and they'll go right with it. But you know what else I've learned about children that I think a whole lot of adults can learn from? Children do not hold grudges. I don't know why. It seems like when they're really small and they're learning... If somebody mistreats them, they, they remember those things, but they, they, they get over them a whole lot faster than adults will. You see, sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, the older we get, the more that we like to harbor all of these things that we don't want to forgive. You see, Christ forgave us, and I believe that there's a forgiveness that happens, and forgiveness is a, is a pretty deep subject in and of itself. But when we start talking about forgiveness, children sometimes they're, they, they just forgive and they, they, they move on ever so quickly uh, that we might, we might be able to, to keep moving forward for Him because there is so much that we need to do that we don't need to harbor those feelings, but we need to keep saying, God, I need to follow after You and I need these things uh, to be forgiven that I can have that proper relationship. You see, children are, are, are very easy to forgive. They're, they're quick to do that. For I want to read you some scripture here in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And if I can find the verse in the 32nd verse. And be ye kind one toward another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Folks, life is way too short for us not to have hearts that are forgiven. But can I ask you something? This is a personal question. Is forgiveness easy to do? Forgiveness is not something that we automatically have. Forgiveness belongs to God. And you know, when I see these little children as they're growing up, I think, Lord, they're a whole lot more forgiven than we are. And I don't want to say forgetful. It's not that they forget. They forget. And they forgive, I should say. Not that they forget, but they become more forgiving and I pray that we would become as little children as we're reading about here in Mark uh, chapter 10 and the 14th verse that, that, that we might become to the point that we're not going to hold on to these things that we're saying, God, help us to have a, a, a loving heart, a forgiving heart that we might be able to, uh, uh, to be loving and kind and compassionate to all of those that we see here in this life. But you know, I also think about this. Book of Colossians chapter... In verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. There's one other thing I notice about children. They are amazing imitators. 
of the people they see. I'm going to read you that verse again. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Folks, who are children imitating today? If we're come as a little child and we're supposed to imitate him, God made us, and you go back to Genesis in the very first chapter, how did God make us? He made us in his image that we might imitate him. You know what it's easy for us to do? Or I'm going to put it to you. You know what's easy for you to do? It's easy for you to compare your life to mine. It's easy for you to look at what you do and what you say and how you live and you compare it to mine. And I'm going to tell you this, your expectations are not very high, but sometimes people want those expectations brought down. But you have to remember, we may lower our expectations, but God has always set the standard that a true, strong relationship that we should strive to be like Christ. That's where we even derive the word Christian, meaning Christ-like. When people look at you, do they see Christ? Do they see just a person? Do they see a neighbor? Do they they find a person that's just a part of their life? Or do they truly see Jesus? For it says here that after the image of Him, that created Him. I believe today that God reminds us that we are supposed to follow after the example that He has given us. Not the things that I may say that I want to do or the things that I may say that I need to do, but it's after the things that God has said we need to do. For Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to hurry along and I'll try to hush in a minute, but Ephesians chapter 5, the very first verse. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Notice what he said. Be ye followers. Children mimic what they see from adults. Do you know what the word followers means? The word followers in the Greek language means you're supposed to mimic, you're supposed to imitate. It's humbling and scary when somebody imitates me. There's that preacher that does this or that, or there's this person that does here and goes here and does that. But you know what today, folks, may we realize is that it's not about imitating us. May we, as followers of Christ, may we mimic Him. And notice what He said in the very beginning there. He says, Be ye therefore. Therefore is tying back into the, the previous chapter there in that fourth chapter. And what He's talking about there in that fourth chapter is how we're supposed to live our life and the things that we're supposed to do. He said, If you do that, He said, therefore, connecting us there to that that fourth chapter then, and of all the kindness and all the good that they're supposed to do, if you're going to have an appropriate relationship with people, you're going to have an appropriate, strong relationship with Christ. Do you believe in that today? Folks, I don't know about you, but people are struggling with relationships. And when I mean struggling with relationships, sometimes we get this idea that we're always right. Or that what I say always goes, the truth is, we all are governed by the Word of God. Do you know what? An infant is governed by the Word of God. Children, be ye subject, it says, unto your your, your mothers and your fathers. That's scriptural. It tells us, as we get a little bit older, we're to respect our elders. And it talks about all through the different phases of our life, we all are governed by the Word of God. From the youngest to the oldest, folks, every single one of us here this morning, we all are governed by the Word of God. 
We all have that guidance in our life. And as dear children, we have to believe that we're going to imitate him and what he wants. And that's all going to come from our kindness that we give in that fourth chapter. And be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Christ was always ready to forgive. You can read about that. It begins in about the, I don't know, the 14th verse of Ephesians chapter 4. But in about that 14th verse, he starts talking about how that, that, that people are going to uh, have to have this forgiveness and how they're supposed to be able to overcome. And they're going to do that by mimicking the life of Christ. But you know what? A lot of people say, well, if they haven't done it, I'm not going to do it either. We, may we be mimickers of Him and what He wants. For I want to go back to Mark for just a minute, chapter 10. And I want to read to you that 13th verse. And it says, And they brought young children to him. They saw this opportunity, and that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But Jesus said, saw it. He was much displeased and said to them, Suffer the little children to come unto me. He said, You don't need to stop them from doing what I have created them to do. He says, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Now let's read verse 15. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever will not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Becoming as little children. Sometimes people look at you and say, Well, that's awfully childish. Sometimes I think I want to say, well, if that's Christ-like, then that's, that's okay. May we be trusting in Christ the way a child would. May we believe whatever He tells us and the simplicity of it, God, I believe in those things. May we be willing to follow after Him. May we be forgiven as a child. May we do all of these things because that is a reminder that we are headed towards, as He said, the kingdom of God. And He says, for anyone that does not have that, notice what He says in the last part, He shall not enter they're in. That's not the end of the story. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. A true parent understands their child is not perfect. I want to say that to you again. Sometimes it's easy to think our children don't do no wrong. I cannot tell you how many times a parent would say, well, my child would not do that. We all are geared and wired towards sin. We have potential to do these things. Christ understands that we're not perfect. What he's saying is that if we're going to have that strong relationship with him, we must come as little children. Children learn pretty early that, that, that if there's a consequence for their behavior, then maybe they can lie about it. But you know, for when they're innocent, they learn that they'll tell you. They say things. They don't worry about the consequence. They'll just simply say these things. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. I don't know about you, but that would be an awesome place to be in our life where God is just taking his arms and he's wrapped them around us. And you know what that means? There's a proper relationship with God. A child, when they're in trouble, you know what they're going to run to? They're going to run to their parents. Children run around, but as soon as they see an animal or a person that scares them, they want to turn around there and look for that adult that they find comfort in, and they're going to run to them. Folks, when you leave here in just a little while and you walk out into that world and you see something that makes you a little uneasy, remember what he said. He took them up by his arms 
And he put his hands upon them. And he blessed them. But you must come as a little child. This morning I thank God. That I felt the hands of God. And the arms of God in my life. Have you? Anybody else here ever felt the arms of God in their life? And it's because we come as little children. We believe in him. And God supplies those things. So this morning I want us to get a song. And I want you to ask yourself. How often do we become as little children? There's one thing I've yet to mention. Is that a child doesn't grow up overnight. We're not children on Sunday morning. We're children every day. And may we be children all the days of our life.